It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. Daniel Leader studied philosophy at the University of Wisconsin and went on to graduate from the Culinary Institute of America. After working in some of New York's top kitchens, he left the restaurant world to learn the art of baking bread. A pioneer in the wilderness, he opened his Bread Alone Bakery in 1983 in Boyceville, New York. And in 1993, he published Bread Alone, an IACP winner. His 2011 book, Local Breads, Sourdough, and Whole Grain Recipes from Europe's Best Artisan Bakers, brought again the IACP Award. And he's joining me on Amy's Table today to talk about living bread, tradition, and innovation in artisan bread making. And I'm quite certain this one's going to bring home an award, too. Daniel, thank you for joining me on Amy's Table. I'm excited to talk to you about this just gorgeous book. Well, I'm I'm really pleased to be here, and uh, thank you for inviting me. Well, clearly, you know, you graduated from culinary school, had a chef's life experience, but how did you become, as you say in the introduction of the book, an accidental baker? Well, you know, I, 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 I worked in restaurants in New York, and French restaurants in New York, at a time when the restaurants would close the month of August. I mean, if you can imagine in today's world, all the top restaurants closing for a month. It doesn't happen. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, I was working in French kitchens, and I was lucky to be the only American in every kitchen I worked at. And uh, August would come. My colleagues would go back to France. And my, my, I had these invitations to go all over France and visit my friends. And on that very first trip to Paris, I was eager to visit the Marché Mouffetard, and I stumbled into a bakery and it just kind of ignited this 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 lifelong adventure of of visiting bakeries. I mean, I didn't I didn't take any baking classes per se when I was in cooking school. There was only a two week baking program, so everything I've learned has really been through the back door of visiting bakeries. Which is such an amazing way to learn, for sure. Well, you also say that you wrote this book for the community of which you are a part, and of course that's of Bread Bakers, and it really is a passionate group. And and I wonder, can you kind of describe for my listeners what that community looks like and the, the blood, the sweat, the tears, and the flour dust that is, is part well, of it? Well, I, I'm gonna, uh, first I'll talk about the professional community, and then I'll talk about the amateur community. So there is definitely a resurgence of professional bakers wanting to make this kind of bread. In some cases, they're the children and grandchildren of other bakers. And in some cases, they're people who are career changers and just uh, have fell in love with it the way I did. And so um, it's an interesting mix of very skilled people, like I talk about a guy named Richard Rouen in the book, who's a, what they call a moff in France, a, mil, a meilleur ouvrier de France, which is the highest, you know, uh, uh, craftsman award you can win in France. And then I talk about people who just stumbled in, like I did, who are young bakers. And so there's, there's this mix of passion and there's a, there's a, there's also a, a, a tremendous, you know, community of bread lovers who are supporting these artists and bakers who are growing their businesses. And then secondly, you know, I think there's this internet community of bakers. I mean, I think the internet and, and, and Instagram has been very good for, for bread bakers, because if you go on any of these bread uh, uh, sites, uh, 
Um, every time somebody puts up a picture of a beautiful loaf of bread, there are hundreds of comments and, and tremendous enthusiasm. So I think that in, 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 in both sides, professional and amateur, there's tremendous enthusiasm right now. Which is wonderful, especially when somebody, so many people are giving up carbs and you want to go, wait, wait, bread is one well, of the pleasures of life. <laughs> well, I, I'm a little opinionated about this, as you can imagine. So uh, I was talking to a guy named Dar- Mark Sorrells as a Ph.D. and a professor at Cornell University. And he was he was talking about it from a scientific point of view. And he said, listen, you know, 20 percent of global dietary proteins is is consumed in the form of wheat okay mm-hmm. so 20 percent around the world okay that's a huge number and if you look at human history it's even a larger number of the number of cultures and countries that 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 were literally sustained by by wheat and grain so you know maybe this is just a a blip in history maybe you know 10 or 20 or 30 years from now they'll say oh there was that little moment in time when people got a little kooky and decided that they shouldn't eat carbs. Yeah, and it is a little kooky. I mean, I, I'm the first to admit every now and again I'll jump on that bandwagon, but I think it's a little kooky. My life is far more joyful when I am eating delicious bread and delicious carbs, of which there is a large selection. But, but, but I think it's important that when we talk about artisan bread, it's not just carbs. We're talking right. about bread made from... Um, you know, uh, in my case, certified organic uh, uh, grains that are are either stone ground or ground sensibly, <laughs> with the bran, the wheat, and and the germ still included. Mm-hmm. It's fermented with sourdough, so it's a fermented food, and and there's no there's no fat, there's no eggs, there's no there's no preservatives, there's no uh, uh, there's no additives of any kind. So you're looking at grain, flour, water, salt, sourdough, and or a little bit of yeast. That's a very different food than if you buy a loaf of commercial bread uh, off the shelf that's full of what they call inulin, you know, a vital wheat gluten and additives. It's, you know, it's uh, made from um, grain that's been full of pesticides, herbicides, and fungicides. It's gr- ground in mills where everything good has been extracted from the from the grain and it's made in 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 bakeries that use a tremendous amount of additives dough conditioners a huge amount of yeast so that from the time they mix the dough until it comes out of the oven might be an hour or an hour and a half right we're talking we're talking about a different kind of food uh, oh totally and, different yeah yeah and 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 i just want to add one last point that if we talk about craft beer we don't tend to talk about Budweiser in the same sentence. You know what? That's a really good point. Uh, That's a really good point. This is a whole different topic. Exactly. So when we talk about craft bread, we should talk about it in the same way that we talk about fine wine or craft beer. It's a different kind of food. Well, and I've got to tell you, if you take one look at Daniel Leader's latest book, Living Bread, Tradition and Innovation in Artisan Breadmaking, you will know (laughs) that it's a whole nother topic. Well, you know, I mentioned in the intro that you were a pioneer when you first started in bread baking. And I have to tell you that when we moved from Chicago to Cincinnati, actually 25 years ago, I can't believe it. The first thing we noticed was a lack of bread. 
there mm. was no bread. There wasn't any bread. I mean, and I'm not exaggerating, and we couldn't believe it. And at the time that we moved here, we moved in with a, a large group of expats. So I had a lot of Parisian friends who kept telling me all they could find was cake in bags at the grocery store. Mm. And we were just shocked. But I've got to tell you now, as you talk about the resurgent, we have some incredible bakeries in this area and some beautiful bread that is just a joy to behold and to consume and to purchase. And there's a lot of passion. So you're so right. There's this resurgence and and there is the professional community and then there's the amateur community and you know, I can't even count myself as a member of the amateur community because I, I just have not developed the skills to make these beautiful breads. But two out of my three sisters have. And bread baking is a part of their daily life. And one of the mm. things that fascinated me is your um, page that gives an overview of living bread 24-7 at Bread Alone. If you become one of these people in the bread community, it's part of your daily life, isn't it? It is so. It is so my daily life, and uh, I would say that every baker that I write about in the book, you know, they may not be have a twenty four hour business the way bread alone is, but their 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 life and their work is set around the clock because you've got to you've got to grow the sourdough and you've got to mix the doughs and you've got to let them ferment and you've got to figure out when you're going to bake it. So it's it's it's. Um, it's interesting because at home, I say to people, bread baking is more weight than work. Okay, so if you look at the amount of work time to make a bread at home, it might be all of 20 minutes of work. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it might be 26 hours of weight. Okay, so it's you still have to think about, okay, I want the bread to come out of the oven for dinner tomorrow night. I'm going to mix the sourdough this morning, I'm gonna, which takes two minutes. I'm going to mix the dough tonight. I'm going to fold it an hour later, and I'm going to put it in the refrigerator overnight and shape it tomorrow and bake it tomorrow night. Okay, it sounds a little bit complicated until you actually do it and just say, this is really easy. It's getting that routine down, Pat. And and actually, I have to admit, that's been the stopper for me. I mean, I remember many years ago, oh, God, probably 15 years ago, the first time I really baked an amazing loaf of bread, it had the starter. I believe it was called the Biga. Am I saying yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And three, probably, it was, probably from, let me guess, it was from Carol Fields' book? No, um, and I'm not going to remember the guy's name right now. Oh, okay. but he's wonderful. Um, but so it was It was three days. But as you say, very little work time. But I had to remember to do it and stop and do it. And I, I just didn't get in the flow. But the result, my family still talks about. And my mm-hmm. sister came for dinner for this incredible loaf of bread. And that began her passion for baking incredible bread. And so in my, in, my, in my book, I have, if you look at all the recipes, they actually have a clock. And it tells you how many hours to make it and when to do the steps. So I tried to simplify it. So smart. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's right. Start to finish, 28 hours. I, I love it. And as you say, it's not like you're working for 28 hours. It, it, it literally, at most, at most. 30 minutes of work. But I've got to tell you, if you're looking for a book that will not only provide so much information, recipes, background, resources for the bread baker in your life, 
It's Living Bread, Tradition and Innovation in Artisan Bread Making by Daniel Leader. And you should check out Daniel's other books as well and, of course, his bakeries. But this is uh, and, uh, what a delight you, to you, talk to and you. And you, can, and you can follow me on Dan Makes Bread on Instagram. Dan Makes Bread. I love that. Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining me today on Amy's Table. It's a beautiful book, and, and thanks for explaining it so beautifully. It's my, it's my pleasure, and uh, thank you for having me. Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Q. It's Amy's Table with Amy Tolman. Yeah. Q102.